This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Let's talk tonight about the joy of believing. There are two indicators of believing in Romans 15, 13 is a great verse. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I love that verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. I, I like that first one. You realize that he is the God of hope? He's never called the God of despair, the God of sorrow. Hope is a positive, favorable expectation. He is the God of hope. Where there is God, there's always hope. So he's the God of hope. He said, and there's joy and peace are a function of what we believe. So when we're believing the right things, we begin to see levels of joy and peace in our life. So here's a great question to ask. What am I believing? If you believe that God has forgotten you, then there's going to be a level of sorrow and anxiety there. If you believe that the Lord is your helper, there's going to be some joy and some peace. In Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, here's another favorite verse of mine. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. So in other words, we have a choice there. If we believe that the Lord's helping us, then there's going to be a level of joy and peace. If we believe that God really doesn't care about us, that he's really forgotten us, that maybe he loves other people, but he doesn't love you. And by the way, that's one of the enemy's favorite things. Oh, God, God loves Alan, and we know he loves Joy because she's perfect. And he loves Justin and Mary Beth because they sing and worship. But you... Nah. God's kind of like me. You're a little sketch. And I just don't really like you. And the Bible said he's not that way. The fact the Bible said he's no respecter of persons. So if we can actually believe and step out and believe, no, Lord, I believe that you never leave me and you never forsake me. So I can boldly, I can boldly say. Now that's a good question. When's the last time you boldly said, the Lord's helping me? The Lord's helping me. So what we're saying is, what we're believing is, that's a good question. What are you believing? And let me ask you a question. If there's a lot of sorrow and a lot of anxiety in your life, are we believing the right things? And the answer, I'm going to answer that for you. Don't answer. The answer for that would be no. He's a God of hope. So this is where, and I think sometimes this is where people trip up. And they go, oh, well, and i got a lot of things going on in my life. Well, let me give you, let's, let's do object lesson tonight. Ready? Here's an object lesson. Alan, you don't sound so good. That's correct. Uh, that's correct. You, you, you know, in fact, people love to tell you, you sound terrible. You, you sound sick. Are you sick? You look sick. Sound sick. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at you now. Honestly, I feel great. But do I sound like my normal smooth golden voice, no. <laughs> so I would be lying if I looked at you and said, uh-uh, I, I sound great. And you go, bless his heart. <laughs> he is now delusional. 
He does not sound great. He sounds like a bad version of Barry White. And that's, that's, how many of you know Barry White? You know what I'm talking about? How many of you have no idea who Barry White is? Y'all need to Google that because I'm, all right. I, I, but now here's the thing. I've told you what I sound like. I've told you what it appears. I have not told you what I believe. And this is sometimes I think where Christians get, they get a little confused. Alan, you don't sound good. No, no, you're right. But here's what I believe. I believe 1 Peter 2.24. That verse says this. It says, he, he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. I believe that verse. So I believe, if you ask me, if you come up to me and go, Alan, what are you believing? Now, I believe I received healing and I'm getting better every day. Do you see the difference? Alan, you don't sound so good. Right. Alan, what do you believe? I believe I received healing and I'm getting better every day. We'll say, we'll say, well, you don't sound like you're getting better. We're not talking about what I sound like. We're talking about what I believe. And I believe based on what God said that by his stripes I am healed and I'm getting better every day. That's what I believe. This is what I believe. So listen, so here's, here's the thing. You've got to ask someone. And we're too accustomed to, to just calling it exactly like it is. You don't look good. Oh man, you look horrible. Your marriage looks terrible. Your kids aren't doing too good. You look awful. And oftentimes we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's another question. What do you believe about this? What do you believe? Do you believe your marriage is going to wind up on the rocks? Or do you believe God can help you? I believe the Lord's my helper. I'm going, to, I'm going to come through this. Listen, never try to pull away from what someone believes. Say, well, you don't, it doesn't look this way. I know it doesn't look this way. If it looked that way, I wouldn't have to believe it. If it's staring me in the face, I don't have to believe it. I don't have to believe I have a black jacket. I believe I have a black jacket. I believe I have a black jacket. No, I am wearing a black jacket. I don't have to believe for anything. So it's, 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 does, does this make sense? Because the Bible said that joy and peace are a function of what we're believing. So what happens is, <laughs> I can I just, would you like me to tell what, what the enemy tells me? You say, the enemy talks to you? Oh yeah, I'm sitting in my chair today I'm praying, I'm getting ready for tonight. And the enemy tells me I have a throat problem and I'll never preach again. Oh, listen guys, he's the same devil. He tells the same stuff. Now what you, what you don't want to do is jump up and go, oh my gosh, I'm never going to preach again. I can't work with my hands. I'm too old to dig ditches. <laughs> What am I going to do? It's where you, and, and that's where you have to stop and go, hold up. I believe that himself, Jesus, took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses, and with his stripes, I'm healed, and I will preach again. In fact, I'll preach tonight. So what do you think of that? So, but he tries the same trick with everybody. You're going to go under. You're never going to make it. 
You ever have a pain in your, get a pain just in your body and the first thought is, it's cancer. <laughs> You're going to die. And if you carry that thought on, listen, you can get in mortal fear of that. And so the idea is, what do you believe? Because if, what, what we're believing, go here and talk to this side. I never get all the way down here and talk to this group. <laughs> hey guys, good to see you. What, what we're, wait. Well, Those screens came about 30 years later than I needed them to. <laughs> but the idea is, so we have to ask ourselves, that's kind of question to ask, what do I believe? If I'm down, if I'm anxious, what am I believing? Is that a good question? Because the Bible said there's joy and peace in believing. If, I, if you were going through a difficult time, I came to you and said, hey, I know you've been going through a difficult time. I just want to let you know that uh, I know you've got a car payment coming up. I'm going to take care of that for you. There's a guy that just believed it right there. They're like. <laughs> now you can look at me and go, I don't know. I don't know if you could take care of my car payment. Tell you what, I believe it when I see it. You don't want to do that. Of course, that wouldn't bless me either. But if you just said, Oh, really, Alan? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Before you ever saw the check in your hand, you believed that I told you the truth. And it would make you glad. All y'all's cars paid off. Y'all don't look too happy. <laughs> but the idea is, are you believing what, if you believe what, if you believe me? And so we keep going, and that's why, that's why we keep talking about believing the Bible. It, it it, it gives us a basis to believe. Joy and I were talking one night. We were dealing with a, we were dealing with a family problem. And like, <laughs> I know y'all think we don't have any family problems. That's not true. And, and here's, here's the thing too. People who you think are strong Christians, it's not that they don't have problems. It's that they trust God to come out of the problems. Listen, you're not going to get to the place where you never have challenges. You're not going to get to the place where there's no nothing that we have to deal with. It's the fact that we have, thank God we're not on our own and we have help in dealing with these things. And so Joy and I, Joy and I were talking and she, I said, honey, I said, well, we're going to have to believe the right things here. She said, I, I, I don't know what to believe. And I said, can you believe this? Can you believe the Lord will help you? Sometimes I, I don't, just ever get overwhelmed by it. You go, I, I don't even know what to believe, God. I really don't know what to believe. How about believing this? The Lord will help me. Didn't he say he was a helper? Yes. Didn't he say that we can boldly say he will never leave us or forsake us? We can boldly say the Lord is my helper. I'm not going to be afraid of what man can do to me. We got a choice, guys. We can boldly say it. But a lot of times we don't want to boldly say it until it's already happened. Here's the key. We have to boldly say it before we see it happen. And that causes, and, and that causes, that causes joy and peace. So I shared that with her. Just that one. Every now and then, I share things with Joy that really help her. And uh, she, she, uh, she looked over me. She went, oh, that's good. And it gave her something. And she began to say, the Lord is helping me in this. The Lord is helping me in this family situation. And you know, he helped us, gave us wisdom on what to do in this family situation. Listen, guys, all of us deal with stuff. All of us do. We're never going to get to the place in life where we don't have any, have any problems. But thank God we've got promises that we can stand on. And when we believe them, we get glad. Yes. Amen. I, I, 
I'm not going to have any time to read this story. I want to read this story to you tonight. Okay, if I read it fast, can you listen? Okay, here we go. 1 Samuel 11, verse 1 through 4. Then Nahash the Ammonite. That name just sounds bad. Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, make a covenant with us and we will serve you. And Nahash the Ammonite answered them, on this condition I'll make a covenant with you that I may put out all your right eyes and bring reproach on all Israel. Then the elders of Jabesh said to him, hold off for seven days that we may send messengers to all the territory of Israel. And then if there's no one to save us, we will come out to you. So the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and told the news in the hearing of the people and all the people lifted up their voices and wept. Man, this is a bad dude. He said, not only am I going to dominate you, he said, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to put out your eye, all your right eyes. How that's, how's that going to sound? Here you are standing with your wife and your little four-year-old daughter, and they come to put out all of your right eyes. And you can see where the, that's just a horrible thing. I think Nahash the Ammonite is, is, a, is an example of the enemy who simply doesn't want to just dominate he wants to demean and destroy. And the people, when they heard it in Gibeah, where Saul was living, Saul had just been crowned the king, brand new king. When they heard it in Gibeah, the people began to weep because they didn't think there was any help for them. And so they're weeping. If you don't think there's any help, if you believe that there is no help for you, it can cause you to be on the sad side of life. If you believe you're all by yourself and that God doesn't care and you're, you're just trying to make it and you don't know if you ever will or not, that's going to put you on the sad side of life. And so when the people heard about it, they began to weep because they didn't think there's any answer for these poor people of Jabesh Gilead. So let's see what happens. So verse five through nine. Now there was Saul coming behind from the herd from the field and Saul said, what troubles the people that they weep? And they told him the words of the men of Jabesh. Then the spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news and his anger was greatly aroused. He took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers saying, whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle, so it shall be done to his oxen. There's a threat. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people and they came out with one consent and when he numbered them in Bezek, the children of Israel were 300,000, the men of Judah 30,000. And they said to the messengers who came, thus you shall say to the men of Jabesh Gilead, tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. And then the messengers came and reported to the men of Jabesh and they were glad. Isn't that interesting? Saul was the, Saul was the king, he's a new king. The, the nation was still kind of divided. Some people didn't want him. Some people wanted Saul to be the king. He's, he's the king. And he finds out that one of the territories or one of the tribes of Israel is in trouble. Israel had never been united. That's probably why Jabesh said, look, we're going to send the word out and someone comes and helps us, great. But a lot of times their idea was, hey, that's your problem. And Saul, when he got together, man, he said, he had a, a God, here's godly leadership. Let's go do this. Let's go. In fact, he, he put some motivation behind it. He chopped up an ox and sent ox pieces out all over and said, you don't come. This is what's going to happen to your ox. I don't know if that's really good leadership, but it worked for him. 
and the people, people responded. Now, here's what happens. So you got an army, a big army, and he sends messengers to Jabesh Gilead. They go tell him tomorrow when it's hot, you have help. So they, the messengers come in. There's probably just a couple of guys. They're like, uh, we're from King Saul, the new king, and we just want to let you. He says that tomorrow when it's hot, you got help. Now, you got a couple of choices there. The men of Jabesh Gilead could have looked at these guys and went, Saul, he's, he's a new king. He's got no history. We don't know if he can do this. That's not what they did. They didn't look and go, well, I don't see an army. Where's the, where's the army? They had no army. They had a new king. All they had were messengers who told them, tomorrow you will have help. And the men of Jabesh Gilead were glad. So what happens? They believed it. They believed it. Didn't have anything. Had, saw no army. Had no knowledge that Saul was going to be able to pull this off. But they believed it and they were glad. They believed the messengers. They believed what the messengers said. They brought a good report. Help is coming. These guys believed the help is coming. And before they ever saw the help, they were glad. They probably go home and go, guys, we got help coming. Help is on the way. Oh, darling, don't cry. No cry, sweetheart. You're not going to have to have your eye put out because tomorrow we're going to have help. Saul and his army's coming. We're coming out of this situation. They probably rejoiced all night long because they believed that help was coming. Now listen, tonight... I'm, a, I'm not the messenger of Saul, but I am a messenger of the Lord. I'm telling you, he will help you. He will be with you. He will bless you. He will do good things for you. Now, here's the deal. You can walk out of here and go, Alan's pretty wound up for a horse guy. He, you know, he was, he was, he was wound. Or you could go, I received that. I believe that God will help me. I believe that God will do something good for me. I believe I have help. And if you believe that, you'll leave here glad. Get in your car glad. <laughs> Cut on the Astros game and hope they're winning and don't lose your joy over that. Don't lose your joy. Don't lose it. <laughs> Sometimes I have to cut it off and go, Lord Jesus, help them, help them. <laughs> Does that make sense? If what you believe, what are you believing? When, you, when I find myself getting down, I have to ask myself a question. What am I believing right now? Well, and I see all this stuff. I know, I know, I know, I know. We all see stuff. What are we believing? We believe help's coming. We believe God's good. We believe he can get us out. We believe he can strengthen us. We believe he can heal us. There's a joy. Does that make sense? All right, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you that you're good. You're far better than King Saul. You are gracious and kind and you've promised to help us. I pray tonight, Father, for every individual who has felt helpless or abandoned or feels like there is no way out. Father, you are a way out. You're not just a savior. You're a healer, a shepherd, a provider. You're a grace giver. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Strengthen us. Help us, Father, believe the right things, which will cause joy and peace in our lives. And we thank you for that. Those heads are bowed and eyes are closed. This is something we do every week. We don't embarrass people, but we always want to give people an opportunity to respond 
to the risen Savior. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, you're not sure. Or maybe you're like I was. I was raised in church. A number of years later, I went away and just I turned my back on God. But something was tugging at my heart and I came home. Tonight, we'll give you a chance to do that. We're going to pray. His heads are bowed, eyes closed. No one's looking around. We're not going to ask you to stand up or come to the front, but where you're sitting, right over there, we're going to pray a prayer with you that is a life changer and an eternity changer. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If that's you that I'm talking to and you want to get in on our prayers, would you slip your hand up across this auditorium? Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Great. Thank you. Oh, yeah. See those? See those? Yeah, great. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right, we're going to pray. Now, maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you thought, man, I really need to do this. Well, we're going to pray this prayer. You can join us. We're going to pray it out loud. Pray it as a church family. Pray it so you can hear yourself pray it. Say, dear God. I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Father, thank you. For those hands that went up, for the people who received forgiveness, who have come back, for the people who received you from the very first time, who stepped right out of darkness into your marvelous light. We are glad with them. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.